right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of Fan Speculation. Hope you all had a, uh, a Merry Christmas. Hope you all have a, a Happy New Year within the next couple of days. Um, we hope you're all uh, doing well, doing doing safe in this crazy time we're living in the world right now. Um, uh, as you can probably tell, today is a, is a solo episode for myself. Uh, Vinny could not make it. Uh, but no worries, we're still keeping the show going on, we are still keeping things going strong, and we have a lot to talk about today, we have a lot to go into. So, we have a lot of things going on in the world of Marvel, as we already know, in the, in, uh, in the MCU. We have uh, a lot of reports coming around about, you know, things post-Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, if you, you know, if you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home already, what are you doing in this podcast? Go see the movie first. Uh, I will say that I've seen the movie, uh, four times at this point. I've seen it four fucking times. Uh, and I still love it, but I think I'm, uh, gonna need a long extended break from Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I love the movie so much, as we talked about last week with, uh, with Vinny and Andreas, uh, giving our analysis and everything. Uh, gonna be going through, uh, all the things going on with Marvel, with the reports of, you know, things like... Emma Stone uh, being wanting Sony wanting Emma Stone back, and we didn't talk about that last week. If we didn't, we'll get more into it this week. There's so much going on, like with Multiverse of Madness, with like uh, original X Men characters returning, Fantastic Four characters returning. Uh, you know, so much. You know, Sony with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Uh, there's so much to get into. But first things first. Um, First, we're going to kick things off with the Book of Boba Fett, and to kind of end the podcast, we're going to do a little bit of fun. I'm going to be ranking uh, what we here at the podcast of Fan Speculation, what we thought was the best Marvel projects of this year, from, you know, from what we love to what we, well, we liked everything that came out from Marvel this year, but obviously, some things stood out better than others. We'll get to that towards the latter half of the podcast, but first, let's talk about the Book of Boba Fett. We have been waiting for this for quite some time. It was last year when the season finale of Mandalorian Season 2, it was the after credit scene and we saw Bit Fortuna um, appearing to be the head of the crime crime boss in Tatooine, taking the place of Jabba the Hutt, and uh, Boba Fett comes in. He kills Bit Fortuna. Fennec Shand come in with him, and now... Boba is the crime lord of Tatooine. Uh, this was a fun episode. Uh, I think this was just enough to kind of like give us a bit of a tease as to what's happening. And uh, we, the, the question, the, the, the number one question that we wanted answered has been answered. We saw how Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc pit. Like that was the biggest thing. I'm like, are they going to explain that? Are they going to make us wait? Nope. Right in, right out of the gate. We are, we, we saw how he, ex- how he escaped. That was awesome. Loved it. We also saw how the Jawas took his armor. If you don't recall, um, yeah, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, Cobb van had the armor from the Jawas in the Mandalorian first episode of Mandalorian season two. Uh, when he was, uh, pretty much on his deathbed, he, um, uh, he came in. The Jawas wanted to take his stuff, but I think he had something that they wanted. It was the crystals. They wanted the crystals that he had, and um, we see that later on in the episode where uh, ja- uh, the ja- Jawas uh, Boba is taken, and oh, it's a uh, Muscanto. I think I'm, I'm messing up that name. That uh, that 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 port in Tatooine that is kind of like a like a doesn't exist on the map where Mando went. Um, I'm thinking that we're going to see Cobb Van again in this show because Boba Fett knew who he was. 
like in one of the episodes of last season of Mandalorian, um, you know, Boba Fett said to Mando, was like, I don't want your armor, I want my armor. The armor you got from Cobb Van on Tatooine. Um, so we saw that. We saw that, you know, Boba was taken. But we're also seeing that um, he's in these this cryo chamber, you know. He's, he's got a breathing apparatus on him. And he's in, like, you know, in a tube. And Fennec wakes him up saying, time to get up, boss. And, you know... Uh, says the dreams are coming back and you know obviously those are flashbacks to like the the in-between time as to when he was when he was uh after return of the jedi up until now and we see boba being welcomed by different business owners of tatooine um uh, Fen- uh one guy offered a bunch of you know a lot of credits and money to him and boba's asked fennec what did he say he's like i don't know something about long life and happiness and Bob is like we really need a protocol droid here uh, which I thought was pretty funny um, there's one guy who is like the handler for the mayor where pretty much his tribute was that I came to say that the mayor welcomes you and pretty much uh, this guy wanted Boba to pay him and he didn't uh, it's it, I'm get, definitely getting some little, a tiny bit of Sopranos vibes from this show and I think that's what me and Vinny talked about a little while ago uh, Boba and Fennec go to a bar and the, and he tells the owner that you know that he's running things around here which uh, the character of that of the person in question was is played by Jennifer Beals and she plays a character named Gar Garza Whip a Twi'lek woman uh, who lives on most Espa, that is the, ta- uh, the uh, thing on Tatooine, where she runs a cantina called the Sanctuary. Uh, she uh, had she had uh, shined Boba's and uh, Fennec's helmets, but the Twi'lek people who are employees or slaves or whatever they are, uh, they put credits inside there. And Fennec was saying, you know, you really shouldn't be parading out here. You really shouldn't be, uh, you know, out in the open, Jabba never really was never really seen by by the commoners, whatever she said. And he said, like Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect, as the line we've heard so many times. Also, Jabba wasn't very mobile person, and Boba is. <laughs> he said he's very capable of moving on his own. Then um, these guys come out of nowhere and attack uh, Boba and um, and Fennec. Um, they are able to get the, be- the better of them by the time those uh, those pig uh, slave things that uh, Fennec said, you know, and I wouldn't trust them earlier in the episode they were given because they were slaves to Jabba and they were slaves to Bit Fortuna as well. And uh, they were loyal to Bo- to Boba and they helped come save Fennec and, uh, and Boba. One of those guys tried escaping on top of a, of a building to where <clears throat> Boba just shoots like a rocket from his wrist, blows his ass up, and then Fennec goes to try to go after the other two guys and says, Fennec, alive, even though you just killed them, Boba. Okay. Um... <clears throat> Well, Fennec is eventually able to get the better of them, and she's able to grab one of them. Uh, but the the pig the the pig green things I can't remember what they're called. They bring Boba back to the cryo chamber where we return to his flashbacks. We see him trying to escape uh, as he uh, and he fails because the the sand people come back after him. And there was a Greedo alien type person. I say Greedo because that's what the person looked like. He was pink. Uh, he was uh, being a bit of a snitch and was telling the uh, the uh, the Tuscan Raiders that he was escaping. Um, later on, we see him uh, and Boba 
uh, with a young Tuscan Raider going out to try and dig for water, which is the little little cup things. I, I don't understand how they're digging for water in the sand, but hey, it's Star Wars logic. I think I don't think we're really supposed to understand. We're just supposed to you know watch. Um, and as they're digging, uh, Boba finds one and he's going to drink a little bit as the young Tuscan Raider goes to attack him. Stops and goes. Stand down, youngling. I need some water, too. <laughs> Tamara Morrison is a great speaking voice. Um, and then later, we, uh, you know, he's fighting with that Greedo-looking guy. He says, why did you say that? We could have escaped. We could have worked together. And, you know, he's being a little snitch, the guy. And then we see, like, this scaly thing. And he goes to call for the, Tusk- the Tusken Raider kid. And then this giant lizard monster with four arms comes out of nowhere. Kills the Greedo guy. But then... Uh, the Tuscan Raider kid's trying to attack him, but he doesn't really can't really do much. Boba comes in, no armor, no weapons, but with the chain shackled to him, uses him and chokes this guy out. It was so awesome, so badass. And then we come back to the to the Tuscan Raider camp where the kid has the, the 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 lizard monster's head back as a trophy and is telling all all the people, you know, yeah, he killed him, he killed him, he, 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 whatever, his language. So maybe this is how Boba was able to uh, ensure the Tusken Raiders' trust and how he was able to acquire the weapons. And, you know, there are theories that, you know, Boba Fett was watching Mando from a distance even before the end of the uh, episode one, season two. Like there was a Tuscan Raider, if you recall, in the more of the background when Boba was searching for Cobb Vand for the uh, for the for the Mandalorian armor, and um, there was that there there. And so far, I really enjoyed the first episode of the Book of Boba Fett. I mean, immediately we got the answer to the question that we all wanted: How did he? get out of the Sarlacc pit. And the for those of you who have read the comics and all that and the books, we kind of know how he escaped the Sarlacc pit. But there were some, like, we want to see, like, a cinematic thing of how he escaped. And that really, I'm really, really glad that they did that. Uh, it looked awesome. It was so cool. Um, and I'm just excited for the rest of this show. Um, just a quick disclaimer, by the way. Uh, we most likely will not have an episode of the podcast up next week only because uh, I'm going to an AEW show uh, with uh, with my good buddy Sean and my girlfriend. It is a Christmas gift for me to her and it happens to fall on Wednesdays, which is when I record this podcast. Hopefully I'll be able to get something up for you guys, but I just want to give you a quick, a quick update in case, you know, in case we didn't. But moving on. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, this seems a lot more gritty, uh, a lot more violent, more brutal uh, than The Mandalorian, obviously, because there's no cute little little Grogu in the show. Um, you know, uh, I, I still think we could probably see a possibly a uh, possibly Omega show up as an adult in this series. Maybe Ahsoka Tano. Uh, Mando, I think, I think he might show up. Din Djarin... I think he could show up because I think we heard his voice in one of the tra- trailers recently or a while ago, so I think he could show up. But overall, I'm loving uh, Book of Boba Fett, and it's going to be a fun, great show, and looking forward to it. Yeah, just to see what happens next. Moving on to the Marvel world. Uh, so much is going on. Uh, we have a lot of reports going on and a lot of things happening. Um First and foremost, let's talk about all these reports of what's to come next, not just of the MCU, but of, uh, well, of, you know, returning characters from different universes of Marvel. 
One in particular is that Sony apparently wants Emma Stone to return to the, to the Sony Spider-Verse, but as, as Gwen Stacy, but as Spider-Gwen. Um, I honestly would love that because I love Emma Stone. I have the biggest crush on Emma Stone, and I loved her as Gwen Stacy in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And I think her as Spider-Gwen would be a really, really cool way to bring her back into that universe. Whether or not she will do it is the question. Sony wants her, but that doesn't mean she will do it. Um, I, I would just love to see cool interactions between her and uh, Andrew Garfield again. You know, they're different people. She's a different Gwen Stacy. Uh, it would be really nice to see. And, and Andrew, as we talked briefly last week, that Sony apparently want Andrew to be the, the Spider-Man. Well, I don't know about Sony, but at least people are calling for Andrew Garfield to be the Sony, the Sony Spider-Verse Spider-Man in these movies. You know, Venom, at the end of uh, the first post credit scene of Spider-Man No Way Home, he said, maybe I should go have a talk with this Spider-Man. And then he gets sent back to his universe, thanks to the new spell Doctor Strange's cast. Maybe he still goes to New York, but this time he doesn't find Tom Holland's Spider-Man. He finds Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Now, and, you know, a lot of people are calling for the Amazing Spider-Man 3. I think we all want to see uh, Andrew Garfield um, go get back as Spider-Man, especially with the amazing performance that he put in for Spider-Man No Way Home. I um, I, I know uh, Andreas and I and Vinny, we talked about last week of how we'd really like to see, really dive into the whole thing of, what what he meant in the movie when and when he said uh, you know I stopped pulling my punches I got rageful I got bitter I don't want you to end up like me speaking to Tom Holland Spider Man um, I want to see that and I want to see a Spider Man versus Venom now Amazing Spider Man three could focus Venom versus Spider Man um, it could maybe I don't know um, but I would love to see that I, I think I've been saying for years years and years that Andrew Garfield is 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 an amazing Spider-Man is great and as Spider-Man overall I think he's probably the best Tom Holland is like the best Spider-Man I think yeah he's the best Spider-Man overall like as Peter Parker Spider but when you're just when you're focusing on Spider-Man himself man Andrew Garfield made every moment count as Spider-Man like especially in this movie like, there's a meme I saw where it's like, when you've been saying for years that Andrew Garfield's the best Spider-Man, and then all of a sudden, people, after No Way Home, people love him, his performance and want to make an amazing Spider-Man 3, and just shows Thanos on Titan going, they called me a madman. Yeah, that's what they called me. He, my, like, my buddies and my friends is like, I mean, come on, he's no Tobey Maguire, he's not that good, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, he is that good, he is that fucking good, and I think, I thought he was, a, he's a better Spider, I think he's a better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire. Are the Tobey Maguire movies better? Yeah, the Tobey Maguire movies are better, to a certain extent. Spider-Man 3, we don't want really to talk about Spider-Man 3. Uh, I, um... I still think that he's a great Spider-Man, and to bring him back into the uh, the Sony Spider-Verse thing would be smart, considering Sony don't have a Spider-Man. I think we have Tom Holland, but he's the MCU Spider-Man, so I, I don't think we should just... Ha if you're going to bring all these characters into one thing, I, I think you really should bring back Andrew. Um... I think, you know, also, as far as Tobey Maguire goes, I don't know what they will do with Tobey. I know Marvel is very interested in bringing back Tobey and Andrew at some point. I've seen, like, Secret Wars reports and rumors. 
Um, Toby could come back from Multiverse of Madness, considering that you know Sam Raimi is the director. Sam Raimi directed the his original trilogy. There's and there's so many characters that are supposed to be coming back for the MC for uh, Multiverse of Madness. Like reports is like one of the big ones is Patrick Stewart's Charles Xavier. Not only you know being a member of the Marvel Illuminati, but apparently fighting Scarlet Witch. That would be really, really cool. I think that would be really cool. I personally would probably want to see Fastbender's Magneto fight Scarlet Witch, but still, Charles Xavier's, um, his Professor X would be really cool fighting Scarlet Witch. Just the most powerful mind of the mutants against maybe the most powerful mutant of the MC. Of, well, she's not really called a mutant, but you know what I mean. Maybe the most powerful, the most powerful being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um... Patrick Stewart did comment, you know, over a year ago that he met with Kevin Feige, had, you know, uh, to do something with, with Charles Xavier, but nothing came to fruition. Um, but I wouldn't let that really uh, mean anything. Because remember, Andrew Garfield, he kept denying, kept denying, kept denying, 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 denying over and over again. You know, so he was like, oh, you're the werewolf. Like, oh, I'm not the werewolf, as he kept, as he famously said. And look what happened. He was in the movie. We, you know, and those of us who saw the leaks, we know it was happening. We know he was in the movie. He just, just legally, if these actors are involved with a Marvel film, they cannot say that yes, I am in the movie. They cannot do that. It's it's a non-disclosure uh, agreement. So, I could, I would love to see Toby return in more projects. I think it's highly possible that he could show up in the, in the Multiverse of Madness movie. Um, I don't know if he would show up a whole lot. Maybe. Here and there, very rarely though, you know, as like a maybe as like eventually as like a mentor to Peter to Tom Holland's Peter Parker, considering we could he's on his own now, but not to the point where it's like you know someone's always there, but just like on the on the rare occasion, it would be nice to see Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. It would be very nice. I mean, it was nice seeing all three of them together, and with the Multiverse of Madness, you know, we have the Multiverse Illuminati, uh, which. The Illuminati has consisted of a lot of a lot of different characters. You know, uh, top, top of my head, let's see, you know, Iron Man, Mr. Fantastic, uh, Namor, Submariner, Black Bolt, Charles Xavier. Uh, I believe that's all the members. And Iron Man as well. If I did not say Iron Man, I don't think I did. Um, but the thing here is that the rumors here is that um, it's Tom Cruise who's going to be Iron Man because it would be a different version of Iron Man. And then I believe we would be getting other characters returning, uh, like the Fantastic uh, Fantastic Four. Um, you know, uh, just doing a little research over here. Uh, with that cast there, the Fantastic Four members being, uh, I can't remember the guy's name here, you know, like uh, Ian Gruff- Grufford is the name. You know, him returning as Reed Richards is a big... Uh, a big uh, rumor going around right now. And, you know, him being in the Illuminati, Mordo apparently being the Illuminati, because apparently different shots of Mordo in the Multiverse of Madness trailer suggest that maybe there's a variant of him in the movie, and maybe that variant could be in uh, the Illuminati. Charles Xavier, uh, Patrick Stewart, Charles Xavier in the Illuminati as well. Uh, there's, like, been art going around. I think there's, like, concept art as, like, you know, Doctor Strange being uh, locked in cha- chains and speaking to Charles Xavier. Um, Black, Pol- Black Bolt, rather, apparently is being reported by Daniel RBK to be in the movie. Uh, I'm not sure if this will happen, but w- with all these things going on, it's like 
there are so many characters rumored to be in this movie. And not to mention the characters that are already in this movie. You know, there there's so much going on. Obviously, we have Doctor Strange. We have um, Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch. Um, Benedict Wong, you know, uh, as Wong. Um, as I look here on Google, like, when you see here, like, apparently Bruce Campbell is supposed to be showing up in Multiverse of Madness. And it wouldn't be a Sam Raimi movie without Bruce Campbell in there, I tell you that much. Uh, you know, also Miss America, um... Uh, Zakchi Gomez, I can't really, I think I may have butchered her name there, I apologize, but you know, she is going to be Miss America, or America Chavez, uh, she is, uh, you know, has super strength, and she can p- travel through the multiverse, um, there's so much going on here, and obviously, you know, we see uh, an evil Doctor Strange, whether that be Strange Supreme, or or whoever, Um, there's so much going on in this movie. And the other big thing to talk about is that Scarlet Witch apparently is going to be fighting Professor Charles Xavier. Um, Actually, we just talked about that before. Yeah, we talked about that before. Charles Xavier and and Wanda Maximoff will be fighting. Um, I still think that Wanda Maximoff, even though she's kind of being pegged as a good guy right now, I still think think that she's going to be a villain by the time this is all over. Um, I would love to see a fight between her and Strange Supreme, if that is indeed Strange Supreme. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Wanda's going to be a villain, and maybe we could see tie-ins to Mephisto. There's a lot that's going to happen with Multiverse Madness. And I mean, even crazier things, could you imagine if we saw Chris Evans show up as a Human Torch? Not as Captain America, the Human Torch. It would blow everyone's fucking minds. I say, if Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield show up at Spider-Man No Way Home... There is literally nothing that is impossible. Anything is possible in this, especially in this movie. I think we can easily see so many, so many great characters. Um, I love Vinny's theory last week when he said, like, you know, what if Marvel kept like a really, really deep, deep secret and they were able to get T'Challa to be in Multiverse of Madness as a Star Lord cameo, T'Challa Star Lord? I-, I would love that. I don't know how, but. I mean, stranger things have happened with Marvel, so it would be really cool to see that. Um, even there were rumors a while ago of Peggy Carter's Cap- uh, Captain Captain Carter being in the movie. Uh, Loki, there were reports of him being in the movie right after uh, the Loki series season one had ended. So there really is so much room for possibility in this movie, and I am so, so excited for all this stuff, like the multiversal crazy, crazy stuff, weird, trippy shit, that, I love that about Marvel, I love it so much, and it's a big reason why I love Spider-Man No Way Home, other than and Spider-Man, but like, you know, multiverse was involved, and, you know, it, it's, there is so much that happened, and I think it's just, it's just gonna be a great year for Marvel coming up in 2022, but we have to talk about the things that happened this year in 2021, all of the shows and the movies that went down, I have here the list of this podcast of what we here think was the best of the best and the worst of the worst. Well, I shouldn't say the worst of the worst. I should say what we thought was best from top to bottom or bottom to top, as we're going to do here. Um, now, there's we're going to be ranking the shows and movies together here as a fun little end of year type of thing. Um but let us know on Twitter at fan speculation and at fan speculation underscore pod what you think your favorites, uh, your favorite movie, show, whatever it may be, what made it in your list. So gonna start things off from the very bottom. This is kind of a, a bit of a 
bit of a tie here. We're going to talk about both of them real quickly. Um, Black Widow and the Eternals. Um, I almost put Black Widow above the Eternals. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of how you leave them. And with the Eternals, they really left me like, whoa, what the fuck is going to happen here? So I was really intrigued by that. I was really intrigued by like what's going to happen next. And then, you know, I I know we didn't talk about the Eternals here on the podcast, but, um, um, ah, you know, fuck it. I, I say Black Widow, uh, probably not as bad. It's honestly, it's a tie here. I, I can't really say what was worse than the other. They're two very different movies. Um, I was way more excited to see Black Widow than I was the Eternals. Uh, the Eternals, I thought, was a good film. I don't think people should really shit on it. I, again, these are nothing that I thought any of these were bad by any means, but these are just as far as the as far as the the, the pegging order goes. Black Widow and the Eternals were kind of at the bottom. Uh, the story was a, uh, I think, was uh, it was a little long for a bit of a for a new movie. Um, it did fly by for me. It did go by pretty quickly. Um, I felt that. You know, I really liked the you know the cast in here. Angelina Jolie was a lot. I ended up liking her character a lot more than I thought I would. Um, you know, and that last after credit scene with uh, with Jon Snow, uh, I can't remember his character's name, so I'm just gonna say Jon Snow. Uh, you know, opening that 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 sword and it appears to be the Black Knight sword, and we hear a voice of uh, "Are you sure you wish to do that, Mister?" and Connie Zhao, the, uh, is it, is it Connie Zhao? Uh, uh, I'm Chloe Zhao, actually. Chloe Zhao, I think her name is. Uh, the director of uh, Eternals saying that that's pretty much Mahersha, Mahershala Ali, who's playing Blade. Uh, that would be really, uh, that's a really cool thing for a future setup. As a movie, though, it was nice. It was, I could get through it. I, maybe I say Black Widow just by a hair, only because I loved Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova. And um, uh, Red Guardian in the movie, who was played by uh, John uh, John uh, John Hopper, John Hopper, not Hopper, um, David Hopper, David Hopper was his name. Who played um, Who played Red Guardian? They were like the best part of the movie for me. Uh, I loved that. Uh, so yeah, I guess maybe Black Widow just by a hair than the Eternals. Not that I didn't like the Eternals, but you know, I guess. Eh, you move things around, but you go through the pecking order. Uh, next up on the list is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Me and Vin talked about this show. We enjoyed the show. We uh, we thought it was good. I, I what I what I'll say most about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What I love the most of is the the struggle of Sam Wilson um, as a black man. You know, having the guilt of being chosen to be Captain America, even though he was chosen by Steve Rogers himself to to take the mantle back Captain America, he didn't feel like he was good enough, you know, uh, I thought the stuff with John Walker was really well done up until like towards the end with like he had a, a weird redemption story, um, I'm excited to see what happens with him as US agent, I thought Bucky, a lot of people say Bucky was nerfed, and yeah, to a certain extent he was, um, but I still enjoyed Bucky's time in this movie. Uh, you know, the scene where he was freed of the Winter Soldier uh, curse, so to speak, um, was incredible acting by Sebastian Stan. Um, I think the, the, the best part about the Falcon Winter Soldier was the journey of Sam Wilson becoming Captain America and accepting it. Um, 
loved the the suits. Uh, so comic accurate to to uh, Sam Wilson's Captain America in the comics. Um, the speech he gave towards the end of the show was, you know, you got to do better. Uh, I loved that. Um, the, my major downside with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier are the villains, you know, the Flag Smashers and Carly Morgenthau, um, along with, you know, Sharon Carter. Is she the, the power broker? Is she not? And she is, and it kind of didn't make sense. The biggest takeaway from it is, you know, it was supposed to be uh, that a biological virus was going to be spreading around and Sam and Bucky had to stop it. But in the end, uh, they Marvel ended up changing it because it was too close to COVID and they wanted to try and not have so many people be reminded of this, of this fucking pandemic, which I appreciate. But in the end, it, it kind of hurt their, uh, their overall product of, of the show. And then there's Zemo. Zemo, I ended up loving in this show and I wanted to see more of him. And I think we will see more of him, you know, especially dancing Zemo. Like we got to see more dancing Zemo, uh, in the MCU in the future. Uh, but the Falcon Winter Soldier, solid show, solid show. But I do think there is a there's a, quite a few shows and movies ahead of this. And next we have is Hawkeye. Um, Hawkeye, I kept saying I like this better than the Falcon Winter Soldier for a few reasons. As to one, um, every episode just kept kept getting better and better and better for me. Um, I loved the dynamic between Clint Barton and Kate Bishop. Uh, Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner worked really well together. Um, I loved, uh, the build, like one of my, fa- and then, you know, eventually getting Florence Pugh into the show, uh, as Yelena Belova, where she's trying to kill Clint. Um, one of my, another, and chemistry that I loved even more was the chemistry between Kate Bishop and, and Yelena Belova, Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld. Like they were so good together. Like after, like she tried to kill after, uh, Kate decided not to shoot at Yelena she breaks into her apartment like, hi, I made mac and cheese, and they're having a girls' night thing. And like, and it's so funny. Like, she's so nonchalant about it. She's like, I could kill you at any moment, but I wanted a girls' night. I, I, I don't know anybody in the city, and you know, uh, you know, I want to see what's going. Like, there was so much going on. Like that scene, and I think that was episode five or six, whatever. I think it was five. There's only six episodes in Hawkeye where they're just sitting there and talking to each other. Like, it's one of the most powerful scenes in the entire show, and I loved that so much. Um, the The reveal of Kingpin was fantastic. Vincent D'Onofrio did a fantastic job. I really enjoyed Maya's character, Echo. Uh, I'm very excited for her show and where she goes with this. Um, also, Kingpin is not dead, okay? Like I said last week, if you don't see a body, uh, in the shot or whatever, like, and it's a super, it's superheroes. No one's ever, superhero universe, no one's ever really dead. Maya in the comics did shoot Kingpin in the face and it blinded him. So, D'Onofrio will return, I have no doubt about it. Um, love the show, uh, we all owe Jack an apology. Um, yeah, every episode just kept getting better and better and better. Um, that after credit scene though, uh, sucked. I, I'm sorry. I don't want to see a musical after I've just seen a real kick-ass show. If you just take that out, you know, I think it's just shy of a perfect show, but, uh, Hawkeye, I think, um, it's, it's, this is a uh, top quality. Loved it. Uh, can't wait to binge it and watch it over again. But the next we have here, let's see, one, two, three, four, we're in the top five now, people in the top five. Number five, we have What If. 
Now, I said before, I love the multiversal, weird, trippy type of shit, and What If just scratched that itch for me so well from, you know, everybody having these excellent standalone episodes, well, just about everybody having an excellent standalone episode, uh, like Captain Carter coming in hot and heavy, just just coming in, not giving a fuck, and being like, I can do whatever the fuck I want, and you can't tell me otherwise, and that is exactly what happened. Um, love that episode. Star-Lord T'Challa, um, it was a beautiful tribute to uh, Chavik Bozeman, who had passed away. I love the episode. Um, just excellent work from him. Uh, Doctor Strange Supreme uh, probably is still my favorite episode of the whole season. Uh, definitely my favorite standalone episode. Uh, Party Thor was fantastic. Really, really funny. Uh, you know, and then some of the weaker ones, like, you know, uh, Nick Fury's Big Day. Um, it's That one was, uh, wasn't bad. Uh, the Zombies had some cool moments in there. Um, and then I'm trying to remember what else we had. You know, there was also What If Ultron won. Uh, Ultron coming in. That uh, no, wasn't James Spader, but, you know, him being like the big bad here. And then that, oh my God, the, the fight sequence between The Watcher and Ultron. And like every time Ultron is just punching Uatu the Watcher in the face like they change different universes to one point they go there and they're in Manhattan and you see Steve Rogers <laughs> accepting uh, his role as president of the United States it was just so so cool uh, and one of the coolest lines in the in the in the show you know um, your power does not outlast my will. Whatever it is, what Uatu said, and I, I just fucked that segment all up. <laughs> uh, but I love the show, um, the big final battle where it's like the Guardians of the Multiverse. Uh, such a fantastic show. I can't wait for season two. And there's so much you can do with this, and there's like an infinite amount of, you know, realities as the multiverse is, but an infinite amount of so much going on in in what if that you, there's so much you can do and who knows maybe we could see Uatu show up in Multiverse of Madness um, maybe we'll see a thing where Uatu has to kind of answer to the other watchers because he broke his own oath uh, we'll have to wait and see um, coming in at number 4 Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings now going into this movie um, I did not expect to love it as much as I did uh, Shang-Chi is uh, such a really great original story. Uh, it's it's something, you know, we see some kung fu element into the movie and some Marvel over-the-topness as it is. You know, this is a Marvel movie. But I love the story. I love, the you know, the the overall plot. Um, the, the, the rings we still don't know too much about as we are still learning about them as Marvel likes to do about everything within their universe. Keep us waiting on, oh, well, you got to stick around and see what happens. Um, I thought Simu Liu was fantastic. Uh, I loved uh, Aquafina in the movie. Uh, even bringing back Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery. He was much better in this movie than he was in Iron Man 3. I, I felt I liked it a lot more here. Um, you know, just... Everything about it is like this new side to the MCU, and I felt like bringing in a character with such little uh, known uh, information about, unless you're a follower of this character in their comics, I think they did an amazing job bringing it into the MCU. And I, I said that 
coming out of this movie, I felt like I did when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy, I pretty much knew nothing about. I just went into it because Dave Bautista was in the movie, and I loved Dave Bautista as a wrestler. And I went into this movie being like, all right, it should be fun. It's a Marvel movie, but like, it's it exceeded my expectations. And it, it's I think it's it's probably I'd have to do a ranking of re ranking of my movies and shows, but uh, it's got I think it's probably in my top ten best Marvel movies. It's really that good. It's so so good. And uh, you know, the whole cast top to bottom was fantastic. And where it leads us. Um, with Wong and the uh, the Ten Rings, uh, learning about the you know there's a beacon in there. Um, who is it calling? We don't know. Could it be Celestials? Could it be uh, could it be Galactus? There's so much it could be doing. You know, uh, um, Wen Wu had them uh, Shang Chi's father for over four thousand years, but they're older than four thousand years. They're, it's like really really powerful stuff. So I gotta rewatch that because I haven't seen it in a while, but I still love Shang Chi. Uh, Legend of Ten Rings. I ranked it at four in this list of the show, the shows, and the movies. But now in the top three, baby. Here we go. Number three is WandaVision. Now, WandaVision. I remember when it first came out. Every a lot of people were shitting on it. A lot of people were just going, "What the fuck is this? What are they doing? What is Marvel trying to be a sitcom?" The, those of you who thought that you guys were not patient and you can't handle long-term storytelling. You're not a wrestling fan, that's for damn sure. Because we wrestling fans, we can handle long-term storytelling. And that's exactly what WandaVision did. They took a gamble. Marvel took a huge gamble, but it paid off in the end. And Elizabeth Olsen, I think, deserves, uh, if she didn't already, like an Emmy for her performance in the movie, in the movie, in the in the, uh, in the in the show, especially when she when we did the the her backstory episode. I love that episode so much. I mean. And for people to say like these movies aren't and these shows aren't like anything substantial, when Vision like one of the most beautiful lines I've ever heard, Vision going to Wanda when she's watching those shows and she's grieving over Pietro's death, saying, "What is love? Uh, what is uh, grief if not love persevering?" Like that guy, he doesn't have. He's not like a human. He's just like he's an android, and and that's coming from something so beautiful, um, and just sparking the relationship we see between Wanda and Vision, and it was so well done. And when she went to the plot of land that they had bought a play, a home for us to grow old in, and then she just loses her shit and creates the hex, um, you know. All the multiversal teases, like with uh, with what's his name, with Ralph Boner, um, you know <laughs> Boner, uh, bringing back Aaron Taylor Johnson to play Quicksilver as we thought. Um, it was a very meta joke, and we all fell for it. Uh, Catherine Hahn was another one of the great great parts of this show. Uh, I loved Agatha Harkness. Uh, I can't wait to see more of her in the MCU. Possibly we could see her multiverse of madness. We could see her show up. We don't know. Um, she's getting her own show soon, and then Monica Rambeau, love that character with the tie-ins with Captain Marvel, her with the Marvel show, uh, coming up in the C- and the Secret Invasion show, I believe she might be in there, uh, just top to bottom, you know, uh, WandaVision, it was a slow-burning candle, but it paid off the end, and I loved it so much, but it did not, it was just shy of my number two spot, and my number two is Loki, 
Yes, by far the best show, the best Marvel show Disney Plus has put out. In my opinion, the two best shows Disney Plus has put out as a whole are Loki and The Mandalorian. Um, I think Loki, I was excited for it and I loved I loved it so much. Tying into time travel and the multiverse and Tom Hiddleston's chemistry with with Owen Wilson was fantastic. I loved it so much. Uh, I I liked Sylvie a lot in the show. I loved the build. I'm like, is it building up to Kang the Conqueror? And it did build up to Kang the Conqueror. Just, you know, mind blown. Like, another example of don't believe an actor who is associated with Marvel or past Marvel properties and says, oh, I'm not in this or I'm not in this, and then they show up. Don't believe them. Wait and see. And if they don't show up, they don't show up. But, but you know, Jonathan Majors did show up as He Who Remains, a variant of Kang the Conqueror. Uh, just, I loved, like, like that episode, that show was, I mean, the last episode was probably my favorite. And even when uh, Richard E. Grant, as classic Loki, just making... <laughs> The the illusion of Asgard, so Loki and Sylvie could enchant Goliath. Uh, uh, so much went on in this show. Uh, just you learn more about Loki. Even the throwaway gag that he was Dee Dee Cooper. Uh, the Infinity Stones being powerless. Uh, there was in the TVA, and where they left us left us where Kang is the one running the TVA, and uh, Owen Wilson, uh, Mobius, he doesn't know who he is. Like, who are you? You're an analyst, aren't you? Like, the show left us wanting more and on a big cliffhanger, and I can't wait for season two. Um, by far, Loki has been my favorite Marvel show. It could be my favorite show, could be, but we'd have to take a, we'd have to wait till season two comes out. I think sometime next year or the year after. And that leaves us with number one. It's obvious Spider Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home is the best Marvel MCU movie this entire year has seen. Um, real quickly, if you were wondering why I didn't put in Venom, I was strictly doing MCU. I guess I could have thrown Venom in there, but Venom probably was more more on the bottom. Venom left me with more of a, ooh, I'm excited for what happens next type of thing and the Carnage fights. Uh, but Spider-Man No Way Home, man, was everything I ever could have wanted it to be and more. We talked about it last week, so I won't harp on it too much to close out the podcast, but Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin just like went up there being as one of the best villains in the MCU. Uh, just The guy is 66 years old. He still wanted to deal with the majority of his own stunts. Loved it. I love Willem Dafoe. Um, all the actors, like Jamie Foxx, Alfred Molina, everybody involved did such an amazing job into the movie. Um, you know, I, I like that Bandit Cumberbatch wasn't in the movie as much as I thought he was going to be. Um, and then, you know, obviously Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield returning as, as their versions of Spider-Man in this movie, connecting with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, you know, the, the scene where they're, they're consoling Peter and they're saying they're sorry about May and learning about, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, the science bros scene, you know, they're all do the point to each other. It's like, Oh, Peter. Yeah, yeah, who, who, yeah, who, who, Peter, like Peter Parker. Yeah, we're all Peter. Different names, like the computer. You know all that funny stuff there. Uh, the, the, the them talking like Toby and Andrew connecting with each other, um, and just them conversing and just I 
one of my favorite parts of the movie isn't necessarily like the final battle scene, but like you know when when they're all just talking to Tom Holland's Peter Parker about consoling about May, and then them swinging in action together, working together. Um, it was an incredible performance by everybody. Um, Willem Dafoe damn near stole the movie. Tom Holland's performance when Aunt May died was just like this kid is incredible. Andrew Garfield, Tommy Guire returning. Like, it was just the right amount of fan service that we needed, but it didn't take away from the overall point that this is Tom Holland's Spider-Man movie, and this is important to what is going to happen for him next. And now, with, you know, Doctor Strange casting the new spell, no one remembers who Peter Parker is, and now it, where he's on his own, and we have to wait and see what happens for him. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really going to be anything else other than Spider-Man No Way Home. Come on. Um, I mean, the uh, we started off with with WandaVision. We ended with with Spider Man No Way Home. We had a great year for Marvel content in 2021, and we're, we're gonna have a great year for Star Wars content in 2022 with Book of Boba Fett continuing to 2022, along with I believe Ahsoka, Obi Wan Kenobi. So much is going on. So that'll do it for this episode of Fan Speculation, guys. Uh, thank you all so much for listening this week and bearing with us uh, with the with the limited staff <laughs> we have here today. Um, uh, I am not sure if we'll be back next week considering, uh, I'm going to that AEW show in Newark, uh, but I'll be sure to get something up and as a holdover or something. So don't you worry. Um, if you want to follow us here on Twitter, if you're not already, please be following us on Twitter at fan speculation, all one word, please be sure to be following us on Instagram at fan speculation underscore pod, where we'll have any updates or anything going on. Uh, if we do not announce it on the podcast, uh, prior, uh, or after rather, uh, please be sure to be following us there. Leave us a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. Share with your friends. Uh, download wherever you are, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, let us know. Um, let us know on Instagram and Twitter what was your favorite movie of the MCU this year? What was your favorite show of the MCU this year? What was your least favorite movie? What was your least favorite show? Tell us over on our Instagram uh, and Twitter pages and be sure to be following us there. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Fan Speculation. I have been CJ Palmasan. And we'll see you all next time. The Kang Gang Bang! <laughs> <laughs>